Stop the world, I want to get off. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. Stop it. I've had enough. Stop the world. I want to get off at the next stop, you know? And if we're honest, at times, we all feel a bit like that. Wouldn't it be lovely if we could live our lives in a sort of um, vacuum without thought or concern for anybody else? And we just do the things that we want to do in the time scale that we want to use. We can just relax. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I suppose in our modern world, in modern society today, there are several ways that we can use to do just that. Have you ever seen people walking along the road with earplugs in? Yeah, and they're either listening to music or maybe radio or something, or perhaps they're actually on the telephone. And most of the time, they are completely oblivious to anything else and anybody else, they're in their own world. Mind you, most of the time, the volume's up so loud, we all get to join in, don't we? But never mind that. And I wonder, do you remember that, uh, I think it was BBC, uh, sitcom, The Good Life? Yeah, one of my favourites, you know. And of course, the antics of Bob and Barbara and Margot and Jerry, uh, they made us laugh. It was fun. But wasn't there a sense in which Tom and Barbara opted out of the norm? And if we're truthful, wouldn't we like to do that? I think we'd all perhaps covet a lifestyle of peace and tranquility. Jilly and I have just had a, a little holiday break. We were in the Cotswolds and it was so nice just to sit in the hotel and watch it all happen. You know, breakfast arrives and you eat it, then somebody clears up. And then you sit there till the next meal. (laughs) Don't we all just crave that kind of peace? But where does Easter come into that? Where does the risen Christ impact on our dreamlike existence. Where's the Easter message of resurrection? Well, I think there's something of a parallel between the experience of the first disciples whose lives were rerouted in a remarkable way by the wonder of the risen Christ, for they opted out of the world that they knew. They opted out of the time for a life that was new, that was different from the norm. And that new way of being was implicit in Peter's address to the crowd at Pentecost that's recorded in Acts chapter 2. But the beginnings of it were germinated in Jesus' resurrection appearance to them in John chapter 20 that Mike's read for us today. And normally, when we study this passage, we get kind of hooked on Thomas's response, you know, doubting Thomas. Yeah. And we get hooked in a fascinating study of how Jesus comes to him following the resurrection. 
But there are other things that we can note and we need to note from this passage. Firstly, it was only when Thomas had returned to the community of the disciples that the risen Christ appeared to him. And then secondly, it was only when he was within that community that Thomas discovered the real truth and understanding of his risen Lord. Now, of course, that doesn't mean and that doesn't infer that we only experience the power of the risen Christ in a setting of community, but it acknowledges that those were the conditions for Jesus' new revelation to his disciples. And I think it has something rather special to say to us today. Why didn't Jesus appear to Thomas whilst he was away on his bike? One assumes he was on his own, rather like Jesus appeared to Paul later when he was on his own. But Thomas wrestling with his doubts wasn't undertaken in secret or in his small corner, but rather in public or shall we say, in community, when he was with his brothers in that room. And we need to note that that community was supportive to Thomas in his struggle. We don't get any reference to his disciples having a go at Thomas. You can imagine the scene, can't you? Thomas wades in, well, I don't believe it. And the others saying, well, you should. He told us. You know it was. A, well, I don't really. There's, there's none of that. All we know is that in the framework of that community, there was support. There was care. There was pastoral love. There was an emphasis on caring and looking after one another. Does it remind you of anything? I hope it reminds you of the church, where there's an emphasis, I hope and I pray, for care, for looking after one another, for acknowledging that we don't all agree with one another, acknowledging that sometimes some of us doubt, acknowledging that some of us look like that and the rest, oh goodness. But at all times, supporting caring and loving for one another. It's the same community experience that held the disciples together at Pentecost. And when we read in Acts chapter 2, all who believed were together and had all things in common. Thanks be to God. You know, in a strange way, I think uh, the title for that sitcom, The Good Life is rather appropriate. For following the resurrection, that's exactly what our lives should be, both as individuals and especially within the fellowship of the church. In 1 Peter, we read the words, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us all new birth." into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It does not say 
Praise be, he has given that one over there and that one over there. He, it doesn't say he selected Terry and the elders. It doesn't say only Keith or ministers get some of it. It says, praise be, in his great mercy, he has given us all new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that corporate desire for new life in our resurrection experience should and will indeed give us the good life. As the psalmist put it, Lord, you show me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy in your hand are pleasures forevermore. Of course, that doesn't mean that everything is going to be a bed of roses. That doesn't mean that we won't have slip-ups on the way. That doesn't mean that uh, we won't have doubts here and there. But it does mean that the risen Christ will and does empower us. And the Holy Spirit anoints us in order that we can come through the hazards and the dilemmas of life. One Easter, many moons ago, I was sharing with a group of children about the wonder of Easter, the Easter story, the wonder of the risen Christ. And I said to these dear little treasures, I asked them for their thoughts about the risen Christ. And one little girl whose name was Maddie, dear little, one of those beautiful girls, you know, plaits and all the business. She looked up, she thrust her hand up. I thought, this is it. A new theological revelation. It's going to become wonderful. I said, yes, Maddie. She said, I've got a question. She said, did Jesus have buttons? What do you think? Did Jesus have buttons? I checked up, by the way, and uh, um, Romans certainly had what you might call buttons. They took little flat stones and they uh, covered them in uh, material and they tied them onto their tunics. We might call them um, toggles or something like that. So maybe Jesus did have something like that, we don't know. But that conversation with Maddie and those children did turn in to a, a theological debate. And we realise that in so many ways, what we wear and what adorns our clothing gives people different impressions and says something different about the kind of people that we are. You know, when you're dressed up in your best clothes to come to church, people think you're rather posh. Just have a look round. Perhaps not. No. <laughs> You know, if you've got your PJs on at 11 o'clock, people think you're a bit idle, you know. If you're wearing rags, people think you're down on your luck. But it's not the way we dress that changes people's opinion. It's our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, our actions. It's the way that we lead our lives, the things that we do, the things that we say the people that we are. It's the way that we display the good life 
of salvation through a risen Christ? Well, here's a big question. Would anyone know just by looking at how we act or how we speak or how we behave that the risen Christ is living here amongst us? If somebody popped their head round the door, would people realise just by seeing us that knowing him in our lives there is no greater thing? Will people know the good life that is available for all peoples through a risen Christ? Would they know it just by looking at us individually and more importantly corporately as a church? I've got some sad news. Oh, it's worse than that. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. The Easter eggs have been eaten. <laughs> and the daffodils have gone. Yeah. But friends, as we move forward from all of that, as we move forward from Easter, may our resurrection experience in the community of this church and in our lives as individuals be that of new life, of good life, in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. May all that we are and all that we do radiate that love, that love which is so amazing that yes, it demands our life and our all. Do you like coming to church? Oh, that's a relief. Yeah. May we delight in coming together as fellowship, either here physically or indeed online or using the telephone. May we delight in being a family of the risen Christ. And may the good life of the risen Christ radiate from us that others may see, that others may want to know, that others may want to own that wonder and that blessing for themselves. New life in a risen Lord Jesus Christ to whom be praise and glory and power forevermore. Amen.